Welcome to the Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast, bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. I've known Kathy D'Angelo since 2002, when I was introduced to her by my friend Eileen Gannon, who is a phenomenal harpist and teacher in St. Louis. Eileen and I met at the Irish World Academy of Music and Dance at the University of Limerick, and I was inspired by Eileen to learn how to play the harp. Before I even met Kathy, I attended the Somerset Folk Harp Festival when it was still in Somerset, New Jersey, and was wowed by the harp world and so impressed by how giving and kind the harp community really is. Kathy has been the festival's director since 2008 and has grown the festival to be one of the most beloved and well-organized harp festivals in the world, attracting people from all over the globe. This year has been a challenge for artists, and I really applaud Kathy for her perseverance and care to keep the festival going, despite the fact that we are not able to meet in person this year. Kathy truly cares about the performers, the vendors, the luthiers, and the attendees of the festival, and the musical community that she has been fostering for most of her life. So here I am with the amazing Kathy D'Angelo, one of my favorite people, the the person who's the amazing woman who's putting together the Somerset Folk Harp Festival um, that I have been a part of for the past 10 years. So I am so thrilled to have Kathy here. And I know you're super busy right now. So (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you're taking this little bit of time to talk to me, um, I really appreciate it. I'm Kathy D'Angelo. I'm the director of the Somerset Folk Art Festival. And um, I I took over the festival in uh, 2008 from uh, Jerry Serviente. Uh, who sold me the business. Uh, I had been involved with the festival since its first year. Uh, and I was concert manager. I was doing what you 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 do for me now, Maureen. I was concert manager because I the first year I said to Jerry, I was sitting in the front row and I said to her, you need a stage manager for these concerts because the concerts went on forever and ever. Nobody got off the stage. So I said, OK. And so she emailed me after the festival. How would you like to be my concert manager? <laughs> so that's how I ended up with that job. So, um, but uh, I, I had been running the summer. Uh, no, I've been running the Harper's Escape for like a long number of years. By by the time uh, Somerset got started and uh, was running that uh, Harper's Escape weekend in October, and uh, and that was fairly popular and you know, great little group of people we met every year. And uh, so when I took over Somerset in, uh, you know, 2008 from Jerry, so 2009 was my first festival, which was down in Alexandria, Virginia, because that's where it had been in 2008. And there was no time to like change venues or anything like that. So we just went there. But um, we moved it back to New Jersey, which was a really good move because our location in Parsippany, we are at the Hilton, we, our location there was four and a half hours from Boston, was four and a half hours from Washington, going west. I mean, it was an easy drive. So it was a really great central location for people who were going to drive. And then for people who were going to fly in, Newark Airport is right there. So it was a tri- it's just a tremendous location in the metro area. So we're able to capitalize on, you know, just a tremendous number of heart players, just just East Coast players. Mm. But as I quickly found out, you can reach out through social media. Not a lot of that going on in 2009, but 2010 um, started with Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But uh, people were coming from to Somerset from just all over. You know, they would, you know, just put it on their calendar and make that like their summer vacation or whatever. So um, I had really started working on Somerset, really trying to get more people involved. Um, the, 
the attendance numbers had been declining for Jerry. So I took it over that we needed to really make sure that we could reach out to a broader spectrum. My goal was, is always to get more people under the harp umbrella in the tent there. Uh, and so we needed to have a lot more young people coming. Uh, we needed to have a lot more people who, um, who played other kinds of music than what the festival had been catering to before. I mean, me personally, I mean, I, I don't really read sheet music or music like that. So I'm, you know, do everything by ear. And a lot of people that I knew that played, you know, Irish, Scottish music or whatever, who were basically by ear players wouldn't go to Somerset because they felt like they really couldn't keep up because they were just handed sheets, you know, pieces of music. So I needed to really reach out to people like that and um, just all different kinds of people. I mean, the harp world is really big. And so, um, and, and Somerset was always a pretty big festival, always had like a lot of workshops, but we went from maybe having 75 workshops to maybe like a hundred workshops in that day, in that span of time. And then I added the extra day, the Thursday as a workshop day. And it really was just to, get more people involved, um, reach out to as many people. And um, one of the things I'm really kind of proud of is the, uh, we really, I really wanted to reach out to younger players. Look at me, me, I got I got the gray hair. A lot of people who come to Somerset are, are in that category. You, you can't sustain something for a long time with people with our hair color. No, you could dye your hair, of course. Oh, well, you know how that works, but uh, you know, the whole thing would be to keep people coming in. So we started the youth heart program and um, I, well, I, even before the youth heart program, I immediately, um, Jerry didn't really allow um, kids. I don't, you know, I don't want to say that in a pejorative kind of way, but she didn't want kids to be there and um, whatever. But uh, I decided, nah, that's, that's that's who I want. I want to get people into it, get them in early and just keep them coming back and having them grow. So I took away that restriction and, and opened it up. And then we started the Youth Heart program a few years later. So, yeah, that was a yeah, really yeah, it's uh, taken yeah. a while to get it to this point. But the numbers have been growing every year mm -hmm. um try to offer more we've you know got historical harps it got stuff with electric harps you've got you know irish scottish harp and then uh double strung cross strung jazz harp uh, yeah yeah there's there's all kinds of stuff out there so i i, I try to um i have uh you know an amazing spreadsheet that i keep with blocks and colored blocks on it so when i'm booking people i try to have something in the therapeutic harp mm. sphere something in the celtic sphere something in um maybe the jazz area or this or that latin music and then i try to st stagger them across 14 time mm. 14 workshop rooms all at the same time wow workshop periods a day and try to have a variety and then for a variety of levels so that there are enough uh, beginner workshops there to make people like want to come who mm -hmm. have just started uh, and then still have enough stuff there for the people who are more advanced to still want to just continue to grow as a musician and, and get involved and, and stay a lot of people let's face it a lot of people come to Somerset have been coming to Somerset. It's a great weekend. You get a chance to meet up with your heart. How, how many chances do you have to get together with everybody who's celebrating the heart? Yeah, at a whole hotel, like taken over by harpists. Harp people. <laughs> and, you know, we get the vendor hall mm -hmm. with all of the vendors in there. It's like eye candy yep. for harp fanatics. And, you know, that that's a huge attraction. So and a lot of us just get together and it's just fun, you know, to, to, to be together. So um, that's the whole how Somerset kind of developed or my my take on it, why I wanted to do it mm. and how I wanted to expand it. Yeah. And 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 I know people love it and people come over from we had people from New Zealand and from South Africa and I mean, from Russia and just it, they just it's got such a. 
you know, it's so well loved that just people just want to come from all over. And plus, you are amazing at organizing, which everybody appreciates. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's always going to be things that like go wonky, but and like the way that you just like organize things, yeah. it runs so smoothly. It's yeah, well, you know, you know why that is? That's because I'm easily annoyed. <laughs> and when I go to and when I go to events and things are not really well prepared, and I said, T, how hard would it have been to do blah, X, Y, Z or something? So I'm easily annoyed. So if there's something I think that's going to annoy somebody, if I was sitting there, mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. So I, I mean, I try to look for all these different, and if people tell me from year to year on the feedback forms, you can do this or you could do that. And I, I mean, I look at that stuff and I, I take that seriously. So I, you know, and, and um, I hadn't realized, um, I, I don't think until Jacques Francois came from Kamek Harps, the first time, the first year he was there when we were at the Hilton. And um, I happened to run into him in the elevator. I was running upstairs for something and I hadn't really met him. Mm. And uh, here was just this guy. And then, and then I realized who it was. I'm in the elevator with this guy who's going up there. And he says, oh, you're Kathy. And I said, yeah. And he says, this is the most amazing festival. This is, you know, this is like in the elevator ride. I thought, well, that's, that's really kind of, kind of great. So, and he says, uh, you, you really have done, you do quite a job here. And um, I thought, okay, that's pretty good. But then later on in the weekend on the Sunday Mm. where everybody were trying to get all packed up and things are happening and he walked by us, you know, packing things up and he uh, came up to me again and he said, I want to tell you, this was, this is the best run harp festival in the planet. He said, I go to a lot of festivals and this is the best festival. Wow. And I said, everybody here, I pointed to everybody in the crowd there. I said, everybody heard him say that. (laughs) So so that was good. I really had no idea at that point. I really had no idea that of the international reputation the festival had. Wow. And uh, so, and it's, it's kind of grown. So I I, kind of take pride in the fact that there's so many people from like all all around the planet who, when they plan a trip, they're coming to the States, they try to do it. Yeah. Festival, yeah, so that they can come from all over. Um, and now the great thing well, not the great thing the silver lining in the cloud to having this pandemic, um, uh, which totally derailed everything. I thought this was going to be the year I could coast mm-hmm. to July because we had a great early sign up, Black Friday sign up, it was like off the charts. Mm-hmm. I said to Dennis. This is the year I can just coast to July. <laughs> oh man, I regret having said that. And um, but what happened with the pandemic is, you know, you have to say, hey, you had to say at some point, there, there's no way this is, can happen. It's in New Jersey, and this was before we had ten thousand people. Oh yeah, struck yeah. down with this virus. And um, so I had to go online. So I called up Deborah, or I sent her an email, Deborah Henson Conant. And I said, I want to talk to you about what you do online and have a technical talk. Mm. She spent a lot of time with me late nights because that's the only time she had available. And that was great. And so we've gone online and she said, I hope you're just going to, I know you're going to be able to reach out to a lot of people who couldn't. Mm-hmm. have come otherwise yeah. you're going to reach out to a whole new group of people um and that's exactly what's happened i mean at the beginning when i announced that we were going online and i hadn't made a decision to cancel the in-person festival i mean i had a lot of people who wrote to me i don't know if i'm gonna like that i you know i don't i don't think i'd like <laughs> learning from videos or mm-hmm. doing online stuff and i had you know some stream of cancellations wow but then i had so i I knew at one point the hemorrhaging of the people who were canceling was going to get hopefully outweighed by the people who were coming in yeah and i i could tell you i haven't um i haven't looked back since the hemorrhaging start stopped 
and and then the the numbers have just taken off. So I, I just had a, a person today from New Zealand who registered mm. somebody from Australia. Oh, neat. Somebody from Japan. This is just today. That's awesome. And so, and people just saying, I never could have gotten there. I've always wanted to do this. Mm. Thank you for doing it. And um, so it, it really does open it up to a lot of people. And um, and even some of those people who wanted to come who were from the States and they had been to Somerset before, but, um, you know, they may have had like, a, just couldn't be schlepping the harp around couldn't make the trip. Mm. Um, someone's got a, you know, her husband is not well, so she would not have been able to leave. And so she's so grateful that she can sign up oh, yeah, and come and, uh, and still take the classes. So, so that, that's what it's been like. And the idea there is um, to try to get as many people touching base. I mean, yeah, there's going to be a tremendous number of videos Um you know, video learning. I mean, so you can stop the video. I, I, I've got it organized for a lot of the uh, workshops. They're broken into sections. So you can, you know, take things and learn things at your own pace. Presenters have been really good about structuring their workshops for video presentation. People uh, who may have been skittish about it are going to find that it, it's really going to work out for them. And so about half of the content Day one is going to be online, ready for people to, to watch those videos. And then the other half, I didn't realize this to the other day, um, is live. Mm. We're doing, we're probably doing like 40 workshops live and other events, you know, maybe 50 live events during that four day span of time. It's Which amazing. I looked at that and I said, <laughs> God, what was I thinking? But we're going to, yeah, we're going to do it. We've, yeah. we've got the, the room set up. We have people who are going to managing these spaces. So if you really wanted to connect with people and your friends and you say, you could be emailing, yeah, I'm going to go to uh, this workshop on, uh, on Sunday, you know, or Saturday morning with Sunita, meet mm -hmm. me there. People will go online. You could, there'll be a chat room. People will be able to connect up with each other besides seeing each other online yeah. and taking the workshops. And then we're going to have a, besides the workshop, there's going to be some different events uh, like meeting with the vendors. Right. We're going to have those because of course, we're in, there is no showroom this year with all of the great harps and all the eye candy. Um, so we're going to try to make it as interactive as possible. We can with the, with some of the vendors and the, the people who do the music and so you'll be able to, uh, we're going to have a schedule, schedule set up. And so if you want to meet with Dusty Strings at whatever the time is, you could just go to the room there and start talking to somebody about the harps or about the music or whatever we've got going on. But there's going to be a lot of live events in addition to um, some of the live. I, we used to call it after hours events because they would happen after the concert. And, uh, you know, so the concert would be done at like... 9 30 right mm, and less, yeah. uh, so we'd be starting the after hours events at like 10 o'clock well we've we can move all those a little bit earlier this year so we're still going to have things like a scottish session an irish session we'll have the oh, carolyn marathon on saturday night where people can join in it's a play along right and you have the play along sheet like the basic ones that people know that yeah. are going to be playing so, yeah, and we'll yeah. have, um, you know, Grania Hambly will be there. I'll be there. I have a bunch of other invited guest stars who will be there, who will be leading those tunes. Mm. And so people can be, they can, you can play in your living room. You can play along with Kim Robertson or Grania Hambly there. Nobody's going to hear your mistakes. You just play <laughs> and uh, you can play, you can listen. Um, but this is how the Zoom world or the internet video conference world works. Yeah. Only one person can be talking at a time. One person can be playing and everybody else is playing along in their own world. Mm -hmm. We're together, but alone. Um, it's like the name of this virus, isn't it? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> We're alone, but together, right? And, uh, you know, we just, everybody's on mute and then you can just play along. And yeah. you can still see people on the screen. It, it's it's still fun. No, I think it's the, and I think with the vendor hall, you're having the vendors go through their workshops. So doing like a little tour of their 
whole yeah, workshop? different vendors are going to be doing, we're calling, call it a virtual vendor booth. Mm. And so we're, we're busy collecting those now. Um, it's been very difficult for some of them because they haven't been able to be in their shops. Gotcha. Right. Because they've been on lockdown. And so um, a lot of people are, are kind of scrambling. And uh, I know people will be very understanding when we get into the room, oh, so yeah. you know, stuff like that, because uh, are we all really kind of desperate to connect up with people at this stage. I, I love the vendors that they're so willing to do this and to support the festival and to be there for the community. And I love that. I love you for doing this and taking this on and doing all this for the artists and for the people at the festival because so many artists are hurting now but that all their yeah. festivals were canceled. And you're like, no, nope, we're going to do it. <laughs> and I know it was not an easy decision. Yeah. And it was well, like, you know, but that, that part of it, I tell you, one of the driving fact factors in actually making that decision was, uh, of course, I wanted to do the festival, but I tell you, to think about doing a whole online environment, this was before Edinburgh mm. announced their thing and, yeah. and all that, and everybody decided to do that. I think we once we made that decision, being a big festival, I think it made it easier for other people to go down that path. Yeah. But what they're in for, it's hard to do. <laughs> it's, it's cumbersome. But um, I, I think the driving factor for me was knowing that everybody on our roster was going to have their entire calendar mm -hmm. wiped out. I know. You know, and so for me, I sent an early email to the roster and said, keep it under your hat. I'm going to probably be doing something online. I want to pay you. <laughs> I want you to have a gig. I'm happy to give you a gig. Keep this gig going. I don't care how many people show up. If you want to do your workshops, we're going to make it work because I, I, I just know how important that is. And we're probably going to be doing a lot more promotion, like in people's videos of their products and of their music and stuff, because that's really the only way they have to start reaching out to people. It's not like they can come by the festival booth where we've got tables and tables full of CDs and music and people go by and it's so exciting to be able to, for them to meet the artists and they've got the product there. Mm. We don't have that this year. So we have to make it as, as uh, good as possible so that we can keep artists. Um, I, I can't pay them for their entire year. I can just pay them for my event. But right. th that to me was a, a real motivational factor. These people need a gig. I'm so. Yeah. They're gonna have <laughs> I know. I, 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 I love you even more for that because I, I, I know it means so much to the artists that I've been interviewing for the podcast that that like one of the big things that they were like, but at least Somerset is going on, you know, and, and that just means the world to them, you know, at least it gives them a chance to have the festival and then to sell their merchandise. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's pretty awesome that you're doing it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there, there's a certain amount of pain involved for everybody um, because, uh, and, and you see this, you see this on TV. I mean, any of the late night shows, you know, you yeah. have, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert having to be his own production company, right? like with his wife holding, you know, doing the camera and his kids helping out with cue cards and, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. So, I mean, this kind of um, environment where every, we, we basically the technology steadily over the last 30 years has enabled more and more people to do it themselves. Right. You, know, you know, it's like things you would have paid somebody to do before. Now, oh, I can do it myself. Oh my God. So now I have to do it myself, you know, kind of deal. So now everybody's got to be their own production crew. Mm. They have to know how to do the video. They've, they've got to deal with the foibles of like, why didn't that work? Mm. Or why isn't the sound? I mean, everybody's got to be their own little tech guy, right? <laughs> they got to, they got to do that, and you know, everybody's going to Google why doesn't this work, or or how come I can't upload this? Um, you know, they everybody's like going through this this pain of of trying to make this happen because uh, you you know that videos, they're the files are huge. Oh yeah. 
no matter what you use. Yeah. And so, um, so now we're trying to figure out how to get files from them to me. Mm-hmm. I've got to give it to my edit, my video editor, who's my husband, who's downstairs. And so, uh, I, there's a lot of there has been a lot of pain, a lot of learning curve. Oh, yeah. Um, on that. And so I swear to God, after this festival, I'm going to make a funny video that's that I'm going to call. Somebody can steal this idea. Feel free. It's going to be called Upload Download. <laughs> the saga. <laughs> Creating an online festival. Justin, oh, my God. Just the, what's involved in, in actually doing that. So, I mean, hats off to all of the presenters. I really just wanted them to teach. Mm. But now they've had to teach in a new milieu yeah. by video, which yep. changes the whole thing around a little bit. Uh, restructure workshops, be their own tech crew, mm. figure out how to get me the damn file. <laughs> yeah. Then we edit it and then we go through our things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I know, I know, like Rachel Hare, she's been, I mean, she's the one who put the Edinburgh Heart Festival online. She's the queen. She, yeah. You know, with her green screen, and she's, you know, I think she's bringing in a bunch of guests to come in on her workshops, too, so. Oh, yeah. Her workshops are, her workshops are really good. Everybody's really done some really creative things with some of the workshops, mm. some, some of the presenters who really had never done something before. I know their workshops were very different before sending me things. Well, how do I do this? So I'm, you know, take an example. I send them a couple of links to some presenters I think mm. that they could learn from. Yeah. And mm. to, and then to see what they send back to me, because and I know that they watch those videos of another presenter I thought they could learn from. Yeah. And that that's really everybody is learning a lot. And um, yeah. And uh yeah, it's it's yeah. It's the, just the great thing is you could see their hands, like you know. So, if you're in the back of the room, sometimes you couldn't see as much, but now you can see their hands more. You could rewind, you can play till what the end of the year. I think you'll have access to all the workshops. Yeah, which, yeah. So there's no more of like, oh, I really wanted to go with that one, but I want to go to this one instead. Now you can go to the one in person, and then you or you know live, and then you can watch the other ones later on and the thing is that um, we knew we had to do something different with our um uh, you know the whole thing with the how we register people and the, the ticket and stuff and so I took a real hard look at that and said you know what uh we're gonna have like two access levels so the one access level is all access from the time that we roll out Somerset online um you get access it's like the full festival rate the early bird rate. So you, you sign up for that and then you get access to the festival, everything that's going on live, all of the videos, all of the events. And then of course, all the live videos are going to be recorded. So those will be back on the site as well until December 31st. Okay. Mm. But a lot of people can't afford that. I get that. And so I took the one day rate that we had before, turned that into our limited time access mm. And so people will get access to the festival as it's happening and the videos, everything that's there uh, until the end of July. Oh, wow. it's pretty fair. Yeah, that's amazing. Pretty fair um, for 150 bucks. It's not bad. Um, So I I think it's just a great opportunity. And somebody said, well, but you have workshops I don't like. And I said, well, don't take them. Don't go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bunch of other ones. You know, this is how democracy works. Not yeah. everybody likes something. Uh, or you might you know, take it and like find those. out you do like it. Who knows? You might try it and say, like, I didn't know I liked jazz harp or I didn't know I, you know, liked yeah. uh, whatever. But, you know, you never know. Like, why not try it? you got a total opportunity to do it. And you could, yeah. you know. Yeah. Our motto, was, our motto has always been um, narrow your focus, expand your horizon. Mm-hmm. And this is like the perfect opportunity to do that. The biggest complaint that Somerset had before, I love this complaint, was that, well, you have so many workshops happening at the same time, I can't possibly go. <laughs> and it's so hard for me to decide what workshops to go to. Too many I just removed that yep. barrier. And now... If you if if I even if I have three online workshops happening at the same time you want to go to go to one the other two will be recorded they'll be up there you can still go yeah you don't miss anything exactly you don't miss a thing and you can come from anywhere in the world yeah and the concerts how are the the concerts are all pre recorded 
and then you'll be. They will be pre-recorded. I just okay. don't trust the internet. No, I don't. I'll blame you. <laughs> but you'll be After in between. My, uh, yeah. Yeah, they'll be recorded, but they will. We will be broadcast, and we'll be all doing the work, the uh, broadcast at the same time. So, okay. still be a group experience. We'll have like a chat room going during the uh, concert, so people will be able to. It's like whispering during the concert. You can do a little <laughs> chat room and the people who are performing in the concert will be in the chat room. Nice. Okay. At the end of the concert, we'll leave that room open for a while so the people can connect. And again, the artists can be promoting their products sure, and, yeah. you know, talk to the people. And we want people to connect up in some way. So any opportunity we get to do that, we're, we're, we're going to make a go. As long as we don't crash the internet, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I know people are going to be asking you this, but are, are any elements of this the 20th year of you know Somerset being online? Are any of these elements going to be carrying forward um, when we go when we're back in Parsippany? Yeah, the the I, I've been asked this question: What you know? Are you going to do this next year, or what? What does this mean for? Somerset going forward with having this online. And I, I can tell you unequivocally, I'm not putting in this amount of work. That's <laughs> <laughs> a one-shot deal. <laughs> I, I, I invested, I've been, I, I'm working 12, 14 hour days. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying, I, I'm putting a lot of work into it. So it's just not gonna go away next year. First of all, I don't know what it's gonna be like next year. Right. Nobody knows what I, I've, yeah. we've learned. We just don't know what it's going to be like. No, no. And so um, next year, the challenge is going to be if we do an in-person festival, how do we still do the live online? Mm. How do we still do all of those workshops? Or maybe not all of them, but some of them live right. so that people who are in Australia or Germany or the UK or South Africa or Brazil, how do they still get in on it while it's happening live? So yeah i'll worry about that next year oh no, no, yeah but, i just it, but uh yeah no there's yeah there's no go i don't think there's any going back i think people will really like it i i'm the it, the feedback i'm getting from people as they sign up and, and the thanks that mm -hmm. i'm getting because this is happening and i i consider it really um <laughs> a little feather in my cap that somebody who canceled on me back in april mm -hmm just emailed me and said, can I rescind my cancellation? <laughs> 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 she's been reading all this stuff and she's been doing stuff online and, you know, it's not as, yeah, she actually kind of likes it. So that's scary. can I come back? And I said, sure, I'll uncheck your box. Oh, great. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So I, that's, that's a good thing. So yeah, it, uh, there, I don't think there's any, any going back there's always going to be ways to move this forward in some way. Yeah. I don't know when it will yeah. be, but I'll figure that out when we get there. <laughs> well, you don't want it to get too big, right? You don't want the festival to get much bigger than it is right now in person. Um, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The in person. Yeah. I, I'm not really sure what that's going to, what that's going to look like. Uh, like I said, without a vaccine right. happening in the world, uh, but that's going to look like, yeah, I wouldn't want the, the in-person festival to be, in fact, the last year we actually sold out. Which is again, yeah. I put, I just put a cap on it um, because, yeah, I, I don't want the workshops to get too big. Right. Um, so uh, that's always a concern. And yeah, going forward, I, I really don't know. I don't see me as a as a venue person and a, a organizer at this moment in time. I, I'm thinking. Um, the whole arts industry is going to undergo a radical shift. Yeah. Um, would I want to have 400 people in a room for a concert mm. without a vaccine and without the world being much yeah. better? Um, I, I think um, uh, the, the whole impact on major arts organizations, I'm a small part of that, right? No, I, um, I major organizations you know sure. orchestras and stuff like that Broadway's how, so closed uh, yeah I mean theaters yeah and and stuff yeah. like that tremendous impact on the arts community so um but we all like to be in person I know 
I know. Yeah. Like directing shows, I I'm the trend now is to find shows that you can do on Zoom. And I'm like, this is just not the same for the kids. It's not the same for yeah. the audience. It's you know, yeah. um yeah. Yeah. So we just if we had our if we had our brothers, you know, we'd all be in person. But of this yeah. is the world that we're living in. We make it as as good as possible. That that's really my goal. Make it as fun as possible. Yeah. Still mm-hmm. try to get people to connect and um, have a great educational opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of us know we're like we're not we're not gonna go playing on tour we're not we're not going to go playing in carnegie hall um first of all they're not going to be holding concerts anytime soon Mm -hmm. but uh we're not going to be doing that we're playing for ourselves and we're just learning because it's fun to learn and it's 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 better than i don't know it's better than doing a lot of things so, you know, I think it's like, just, why do you play? People ask, like, why do you play music? I mean, how can I not play music? I mean, this yeah. is like, to me, it's like breathing. Yeah, yeah. Like what, when I was talking to Maeve Gildgrist, she was saying, you know, when you're practicing your etudes or you're going through, you have your metronome going and then you got to stop yourself mm-hmm. and say, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I learning these tunes and why am I playing? It's it's for enjoyment, for, you know, beauty, yeah. for, you know, joy. It's you know, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and I think there's every single person I've been interviewing have said something about there's something special about the harp. Like they don't see it with any other, there's guitar festivals and you know, whatever, but they don't see the same kind of community that there is with the harp. So, you know, yeah, Yeah, I've spent, um, we've spent at Somerset really has spent 20 years, um, building up a harp community that was pretty, you know, people were, it, well, that was, you know, back in the day when uh, internet was, you know, there was not social media and all that. When all this stuff started, you found out things by word of mouth. And, you know, it it just was a lot different than when I, when I started to play in 1984. I mean, there's nobody else who was playing. I wanted people to play with. I figured I was going to have to teach and create players. I wanted people to play with. <laughs> That was my goal. <laughs> so, Why did I start teaching? I wanted to make other players. There was nobody else around playing. But I know you started on, on like guitar and fiddle, and then why the harp? Like, where'd that? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I started playing, uh, I played a bunch of other instruments, like in college. I mean, it was guitar, banjo, I played in bands, and I ran a coffee house in New Brunswick at uh, Rutgers. And, um, and then the folk festival came and um, but back in those early fo- early folk music days, I mean, they're, they're all playing guitars and stuff like that. Didn't want to learn how to play the fiddle. I didn't at the time. But I, I uh, one of the people that I knew from my folk music days was Lori Riley. Oh, OK. Who began what became the folk project up in North Jersey. Okay. The coffee house and, and all that. So she would come down to play at my coffee house uh, the My Street Coffee House, and uh, so we were friends, you know, female guitar, you know, folky guitar players, kind of thing. And um, and then she went off. Uh, she went out to the West Coast, and she was off doing another thing. And next time I heard about her, she was playing harp, one of these little um, uh, Caswell harps. And uh, so, but she was. Uh, somebody told me, oh, she's going to be at the folk project. Uh, they're having a weekend thing. And uh, she's gonna, she's coming back east to do that. I said, "Oh, it'd be great to meet up with her." So I went to this weekend, and uh, she was playing this little Caswell harp. I was starting to play the fiddle, and so we hung out and we were playing tunes. And we're driving. Dennis and I are driving home, and I, I said to him, "Wow, that harp was really, that was so neat." I, you know, so uh, I said, "I think I would really like to play the harp." Hmm. And he says, you got money, go buy a harp. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> but of course, there was very few places where you could buy a harp. Mm. Yeah, people mm. weren't making harps. There was no Somerset. There was no hundreds of, you know, harps all around. Mm. So like uh, fast forward, like a month or two or whatever, um, I come home one night and there's this harp sitting in Aww. my living room. Dennis had gone out and bought me a Caswell harp, and there it sat, and the rest, they say, is history. That's great. And uh, so I started off uh, self-teaching on the the Caswell harp, and it was really nice because when I had Chris Caswell at the festival, Mm. um, 
I, I was able to tell that story about how that was the first harp. And I actually had brought that harp oh, wow. to the festival oh. that year so he could get reunited with that harp. <laughs> and uh, it was there as a loner harp. So uh, I was able to retell that story as I, before I introduced Chris Caswell. So on that oh, harp neat. is what really got a lot of people started. Wow. Um, for me anyway. So it was Lori Riley. And then, like I said, I, I I wanted to play with other people, but I just, there was nobody to play with. I, so I started teaching and then, uh, you know, people call me up on a lesson. I don't know anything about teaching. Well, please, please, please. So I said, yeah, you, you sort of cave in. Yeah, come over. We'll have fun. You know, so that's uh, yeah. 1985. Wow. I mean, to today. So that's, it's a while, but I mean, teaching is my passion now. It, it is my passion. So. Yeah. And, and the Harper's Escape, you started with Debbie Broom Wilson in 93, 92, 92, 93, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is that that was another one of those instances where we, we met at the Mine Street Coffee House. I was playing there with my husband, Rick Dermatandy, and Debbie had come and, um, she was just starting to get into the harp. And of course I was playing harp. I don't know that I played harp very well, but I played it. I played passable, you know? And so we struck up this acquaintance. We were both pregnant at the time. So it was 87. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know that. Uh, yeah. So uh, we sort of connected up and that's, so Debbie and I started getting together and playing and stuff like that. And then a couple of years we're into it and we're sitting around playing and said, you know what? we should just have something where we can get away for the weekend mm. and just play harp. And that was the idea behind the Harper's escape. Right. And that went from like that 92 until just 2016. Wow. And then, um, and then I really didn't want that to die. So that, uh, so then I have the Harper's escape at Somerset. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. So, so, uh, so now Debbie is still teaching at the Harper's escape at Somerset and mm. still have Grania. Hambly and Billy Jackson are doing that on the Sunday. So it, it all gets connected. It's like a little spaghetti bowl. You can't really pull something out without it impacting something else. Yeah. Everything is, gets connected. Yeah, well, you know, Debbie told me like she, you know, had this thought of like, oh, do a harp thing down in Cape May. And then you're like, oh, Dennis's friend or whoever like has a B&B down there. And then. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. We had Dennis and I had saved this place. I said to her, I said, yeah, would you, uh, how about if we take over your, your little B&B here for a weekend? Would you, what would you say? Yeah, that's fine. That would be great. Yeah. So that's how things started. Yeah. And things were so kind of, um, you know, when you start something, you don't know how it's going to turn out, mm -hmm. you know, you hope for the best. And we, we were, this is seat of the pants, just talking, trying to catch people because it was just email or brochures that we would take around or something. But we had people sharing rooms. We had people who didn't even know each other sharing beds. You know, <laughs> women say, okay, well, we go up there because the B&B &B was so small. <laughs> and, uh, but everybody had a great time. So I said, yeah, well, let's do it again. And so that leads to 24 years of doing that. And now we do it at the, at Somerset. And the whole idea about playing by ear and getting comfortable with learning things by ear tunes that you have in your head and learning how to do that. Yeah. So um, that was the whole genesis of that because that's, that's really my bailiwick. I can't teach people how to read music, you know, not my thing. But, but I, um, I do like you, 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 you would give out the uh, music ahead of time so you could have it, listen to it ahead of time. So then when you're sitting in the workshop, you're, you're like, okay, now I can, play it yeah yeah that's i mean that, that's the idea about learning by ear and, and uh back when we started the harper's escape we started doing that we would um send out cassettes this is right and we would send out and i we, we were the only person i think we were the only um harp event that did something like that hmm. where we would send out the cassettes in advance and just say listen to these tunes don't try to play them. Just listen to them. Just yeah. get them in your head so you can sing them. So that by the time you got to the escape, I mean, that tune was pretty well in your head mm -hmm. so that when you're learning it, it, it makes it easier. And we still do that with Harper's Escape. Yeah. I mean, people who are signing for the Harper's Escape will still get the the audio. We might do the video this, this year in advance. Mm -hmm. And um, so that when they show up on the day, they're not learning something cold. That's something they've never heard. Yeah. Uh, it makes learning a whole lot easier and it proves the concept that um, people 
play and sing music all of the time without having a piece of sheet music. True. I mean, no, no mother ever said, hmm, I can't sing this lullaby. I can't find the sheet music for this lullaby. <laughs> no, you just sing, you know, you know, you just sing. And music is a natural thing. So yeah. you just, uh, just take that to the nth degree, really. That's great. So, Kathy, we talked about the Harper's Escape, and then I know you started these amazing harp tours of Ireland, which I know this year, you know, it's can't happen but could you just like tell us about what's happened in the past what could be happening in the future with the harp tours i love the harp tour of ireland um we started that the year after i i thought i was ending the harper's escape in 2016 so the first one happened in 2017 and it's something grania hambly and i have talked about for 20 years i wanted to do it been talking about it for a while and every time I went to Ireland I would write down different places where I thought would be great to go on a tour and um, so I finally decided yeah we're just going to do it so I worked with a friend of mine who does tours and uh, we put the an itinerary together it's all around harp centric stuff and it starts out and of course you've got the first stop is usually the Trinity College Harp um, in Dublin and then, you know, the various places around Ireland. And we always do, uh, I call it the O'Carolyn Trail. You see where you know, we go to place where he was born in Nobber and we do concerts there. And then we went to a place where he died and see his grave and but all these other harp things in between and other traditional music. So um, we, we've had some, I mean, every tour has been kind of unique this is because the everything has a flavor based on the people who sign up and uh all the locations are always great and it's it's ireland Mm -hmm. and you know people are friendly and the scenery is spectacular and we've gotten some pretty interesting harp centric um stops on the tour that were exclusives Mm. I, I kind of see as exclusive. Um, the in fact, the first year, it only took me two years to get it set up, but we actually got into uh, work with the National Museum. We got a date. Um, we, at the first year, we were limited to a certain number of people that we could do it, but they took us into the storage area. Now, it's not a closet. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge building and, you know, weather controlled and humidity controlled and all this, um, where all of the historic harps, mm. most of the ancient harps of, of Ireland are stored. Wow. That's on this, amazing. On this, this big shelf, including old Carolyn's harp. Wow. And I tell you, you go in there and none of, all those harps have not been on public view for decades. So mm. to bring a bunch of people in there and she took the O'Carolyn harp off the shelf. Wow. Put it down so that we could take pictures. And oh, we just, it's just fantastic. And then I think once she saw how really into it everybody was, and yeah. they were uh, kind of skittish about it. You know, like I said, it took almost two years to get that set up. And then, um, but afterwards, she says, we'd love to have your group back again. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Every so every year we've gone back since then, 2018 and 2019. 2019, we got a chance to take everybody in. We did it in, in two groups um, and to see the historic harps in Ireland. I mean, it's just, it's just wow. Yeah. And so that was a real exclusive kind of thing. She was real excited about it. And um, I got to tell you that one of those harps that's on display there, the Hollybrook harp, um, recently underwent a forensic analysis and a study oh. by, mm-hmm. among others, Dr. Karen Loomis, who is going to be speaking at Somerset. Oh, wow. So this whole thing that she did, this whole thing with... Um, uh, oh, the carbon dating. Yeah, and- carbon dating x-rays mm. and the whole thing, but studying the whole Hollybrook harp. And there, there's some video clips on RTE. Uh, about her doing this study, but she is going to be doing a live talk at Somerset on a Saturday, unveiling wow. her research and talking about her study of this very, you know, historic harp. 
and all that. So that's going to be really exciting yeah. at Somerset. <laughs> so it's amazing how all these things are connected. And other things on the uh, on the harp tour, one other thing that we did when we went to Belfast, of course, being the focal point of, you know, the history of the harp in Ireland, the 1792 harp festival that Edward Bunting was hired to come and take down the music. And that became the whole thing with the Edward Bunting manuscripts, mm. saved the music for future generations. So we had it set up, though. We actually went to Queen's University where these manuscripts were. And the special collections people, the, the woman there who ran that library, she put out a display she created for our tour. Wow. Of the original manuscripts, things related to the bunting, this whole thing. And at the beginning, I was thinking, you know, it's just interesting because I'm a I'm a library type, book type person. But how interested are people going to be in actually seeing manuscripts and stuff? But I'll tell you, when we were in that room, everybody was so excited. Mm. You, I mean, you were looking at dots on a page that... You could you could see the the frenetic pace of Bunting was actually yeah. taking these dots down as they were being played. Wow, it, it's actually pretty exciting, and so and the whole thing there. So that was a nice exclusive for us oh, as yeah. well, well to yeah. have that connection. So that's the kind of stuff we like to do on the tour. Um, this year's tour got canceled, but um, God willing, we'll be up. Uh, I'm I'm moving it to October. So uh, it'll be in October in 2021. Okay. So stay tuned. Yeah. Well, I know Grania had said that she, even though she went to um, Queens University, Belfast, she yes. never saw the Bunting collection. And yes. for her to see it, she yep. said it was an absolutely amazing experience. Because there's yeah, tunes in yeah. there that aren't published as well. Yes. So. There's a lot of, there's a lot of it is not published. A lot of it is now they, they're, and uh, I didn't realize this, but I realized uh, afterwards that, um, Luisa Costello, who is the curator there, um, weeks before we were coming, I, I didn't really check their Facebook page, but they actually, she actually had put on her Facebook page, we have this group coming from America, and I've got to take this book out of the box. Hmm. I may as well scan it. Wow. I may, while I've got it out, and so she was preparing this and at the same time digitizing pieces of it oh, because she was taking it out of the box for us. Wow. And so that was, I, to find that out afterwards is pretty special, but you yeah. can go online now. There's a lot of it is digitized. The works of Patrick Lynch, the person who he hired, Bunting hired to collect a lot of the songs. So that that work is there. But mm. it was great because Grania was there when we first, you know, uh, the first year we went into the reading room there. And uh, so between Louisa giving her view of, uh, of her thing of that, she and then Grania would give her mm. little talk mm. about various parts of from a harp from a harper's perspective. Wow. Of that. So it was it was it was pretty special uh, for, for her people. It was just, yeah, the bee's knees. And then that night we had a, um, a concert um, that Grania was playing and Patrick Davy had put together um, that was being held in the church where Bunting was the organist. Wow. Oh, wow. That is amazing. I, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. wow. It was, that was a very special, we got front row seats, very special concert. And it was, uh, wow. just like, uh, yeah, gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Well, I, I can't, I mean, I can't wait to see what you have planned for next year. That's going to be... Yeah, but you can go on the Harper's Escape page, harpersescape.com, and look at the tour page. The tour that got canceled this year, mm. I'm going to do it next year. Oh, good. I'm going to do it in 2021, so that itinerary is going to be going southward. Um, okay. So we're still going to do a lot of special harp stuff. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Speaking of about Carolyn, it's his 350th birthday. It is. So I know at the festival you're doing a whole Carolyn marathon of, you know, Harp's, Harp is just playing his work. So what could people yeah. expect with that? Well, you're going to show up at the Zoom in the Zoom room and uh, we're going to have all kinds of uh, we have a starter list on our website under the great stuff page, the Carolyn Marathon. Um, I have a starter list. 
greatest hits, Carolyn, the things I think are pretty good. And uh, we're going to start with those tunes and uh, play through the list. Uh, Grania Hambly will be there myself. I'm going to drag in some of the other presenters who specialize in O'Carolyn. And so we're all going to kick off a tune and you in your own little room, wherever you are uh, attending from, you can play along um, with some of these great players. But it was really all to honor O'Carolyn's 350th birthday. Originally, I was really planning to do a really big cake, um, have at the festival. That's not going to happen. But uh, but play some great music and uh, have some nice uh, nice tunes in his honor. We did the O'Carolyn Marathon for a couple of years, running a couple of years ago. Um, and I, for the 350th birthday, you got to Yeah. He's like the bar. You got it. Got to honor him. Yeah. And, yeah. and speaking of anniversaries, it's being the 20th anniversary of Somerset. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. you did something extra special this year. So yeah, <laughs> by putting yeah. the whole festival online, <laughs> way to go. Yeah, I had all these special events. I had all these big things planned. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll break the budget on this. And Well, you're yeah. never going to forget this year. So. No, oh, yeah. We will never forget this year. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's what yeah. everybody really needs is like a good time and music and laughter. And, you know, it's yeah. it's like the best thing that people could ask for right now. So yeah. thank yeah. you for doing and it. more music. Yeah. Yeah. Want to beat the blues? You got to play more music. Just, yep. just don't, That's what Johnny don't Cash said. Playing. Yep. Um, so uh, where can people find you and the festival and all that good stuff? Well, you can still add our website is still the best way to figure out what you want to do at Somerset, um, somersetheartfest.com. You can still go on the workshops page and you can um, still see that we've got like about a hundred workshops there. Um, ignore all the times that are there because of course hmm. the time in the room doesn't matter because we're not on site, but all those things will be on videos and some of those things will be live. I actually just put up on the workshops page, up the left-hand side, uh, the live schedule page. So if you want to see what's going to be done live, you can actually see the workshops that are going to be done live and the events that will be live. And um, so you can start planning out your itinerary. You know, if you've got, um, if you're one of the people that's got the limited time access, people can still... Um, Go to you can download the schedule, or you can you can still see the workshops that are there. And uh, I planned it out. If you've only got two weeks to see all those videos, do your priority list, you know, and uh, do the ones you want to get to first, and then and then uh, you know make a priority in this. Every day you can do something different. But uh, the stuff on the website is is still good. It's just the the times are immaterial, okay. and. Um, I did update the pages. The concerts will be at six o'clock. Um, they're going to be earlier, so you can have us for dinner. Put the put the concert up on the TV. Have a little TV dinner. Go order the pizza. Go order the hoagies or nice. whatever you want. Then uh, eat through the concert, and then our a after uh, hours activities will be starting about eight thirty. So uh, it's a ton of it's a ton of stuff, really. Yeah, and it's so. what, three weeks away. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> the it, the uh, Somerset kicks off uh, July 16th with our Thursday kickoff. All of the workshops on Thursday are all live. Uh, we've got the Latin music track with um, Alfredo Ortiz and Nicholas Carter. And then uh, we've got the Celtic kickoff. Always, we always have some kind of Celtic kickoff. We've got Rachel Hare doing Strat Space and then Ailey Robertson doing, I think, Cape. Britain music, I remember. And then uh, we have a whole other track for people with small hearts. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with small hearts. So we have Edie Elkin covering that. And uh, Kim Robertson, Raging for Small Hearts. She's got some great arrangements for small hearts that are... Yes, yeah. really, really uh, very good. So we're, we're covering a lot of different bases. And then Debbie Bruin-Wilson uh, will be doing the Beginner's Boot Camp which starts at 10 o'clock in the morning and runs all day. Great. It's got a, you can see the itinerary on our website. Um, really excellent program for people who are just starting the harp, mm. Um, mm. really. And the videos that she did are just excellent um, for that. So that's our Thursday and then we'll do the concert and then the weekend kicks off wow. and um, that's it. Yeah. 
if, if you've never really done anything online, you can still come to Somerset. You should still sign up because uh, I'm sure everybody out there knows how to play a video. You go to you, I'm sure you've gone to YouTube. You click on the video and you can do that. That's piece of cake. That's that's what a lot of the, the workshops will be that way. It'd be great because you can stop and start. And the, you can learn at your own pace. You can go back and view that video as many times as you want. So if you want to be brave, you think you're you think you're a technophobe, you can't do the live workshops. You can, you can go to Zoom. You can go to Zoom now, right now. There's a uh, you can sign up and just become a free user, because all you'll do when you come to the Somerset Online website is where you have a live events page. You'll go and you'll pick the workshop at the appointed time. You click it. It'll bring you to the Zoom room, and the world opens up and we'll have somebody there moderating, telling you how to mute your microphone. If you have, you know, a little etiquette things involved, like um, try not to have naked people walking across <laughs> behind you, um, you know, in the middle of the workshop. I mean, you know, try to be somewhere where you have a work, where you have like distraction free. Uh, so, uh, that, and that's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, we're going to set every, the, the presenter on the speaker view. So you see that speaker and you can see their hands really well. And, um, you'll be able to chat with the speaker through the chat window, um, by just typing in your question and then we'll hold all the questions to the end. And yeah, it's, it's, it's easy. I mean, there's really nothing that difficult about it, but anybody who's got a phone, you can do the phone app. Not as satisfying, I think, as a bigger screen, like a laptop or a tablet. But um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 doable. It's doable. So I, I invite everybody, even the people who think, oh, I can't possibly do it. Yeah, you can. Really, you can. If you, if you thought you couldn't play the harp and yeah, you started to play the harp and you found out it, you know, you just keep going. Yep. One step at a time. You can do. You can do it. You'll it's have online. help desks. We'll have there a, we'll time, have so. somebody on standby the entire time on a on a help desk in a room. So um, in case there's any problems with accessing it, but you got to sign up by um, you have to sign up by June thirtieth because um, that gives me two weeks to pull everything else together and uh, compile a. Um, everybody will be getting a newsletter which has their access how they access the site and some interesting stuff about how to do the festival. And then I'm actually thinking about putting out a daily newsletter. Good. Great. Every day at the festival beforehand saying what's coming up today. Yes. Just, just because I, I'd like to like to be the little nudge there. You know, <laughs> you, maybe you thought you weren't going to to do a workshop or anything today. I'm going to be the nudge. I'm going to probably send you out a newsletter and say, oh, there's a really great workshop happening here. Or I think you should attend this or this is what's happening. Or yeah. um, I'm urging um, people who have harp circles or who have or even some of the performers and some of the vendors, if they want to set up. Uh, a chat room or a, a Zoom room that they want to meet with other people. Tell me what it is uh, and give me the the link to your their Zoom room. I will include it on our live events page, and that'll be the go to place where people want to connect. Great. If they see you know like I don't know the Canada Harp Circle wants to is getting together at nine o'clock or something. I'll, I'll put that up there. Terrific. Yeah, be happy to get people and and, and facilitate people making connections. Yeah, we're going to have Liza Jensen um, doing uh, some, uh, you know, do-it-yourself harp maintenance stuff yep. uh, on, in, during our lunch hour. And, um, you know, she's going to be trying to hold, the, you know, her phone here with the I camera on it and trying to show you things at the same time. How she does it, I don't know how, yeah, she, I don't know how do. she does it either. I, I just, I've seen her do it. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So um, lots of things that'll be on live and, and it'll just, I think it'll be a great time. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your super busy schedule to talk to me well, today. You know, this, this has been a great respite actually for me because I just know what the rest of my day is going to be like. And so, I mean, I love talking about this. Mm. You can tell I love talking about this. It, to me, it's like, it's a big project right now, and it's it, there's a lot of. You've ever heard the expression "the one-armed juggler"? Mm. 
that's what I feel like. I feel like a one-armed <laughs> juggler. There's so many balls up in the air and you got to kind of keep things moving. Just keep going. Yep. Just keep, keep, if keep anybody moving. can do it, you can. <laughs> yeah, but you know, when, when we get done with it, 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 I think it'll be really something to be proud of. I oh, think yeah. people will go and have a great time. Uh, I think we'll have a great time and I, I certainly hope they do. And it'll just keep people connected. They definitely will. That's, that's, yeah. that's, what, that's what it's all about. So you can see I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about it. If I'm excited about it, I'm the one who's doing all the work, folks. <laughs> you got to show up. <laughs> you, uh, you get, to, if you haven't signed up already, take, you know, really take the hundred dollar discount. I mean, don't leave the money on the table. Take the hundred dollar discount, sign up and uh, you, you won't regret it. Really. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast. Dive into the show notes at moonoverthetrees.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast.